One thing that I find people do is when we have ended the transaction, right? The sign beliefs, all that sort of thing. Uh, the tendency is to think that that interaction, that we're done and move on to the next one. I would say that there is still opportunity for you to engage in a very meaningful way. The Bridge is a podcast for all businesses where the consumer purchase takes place at a physical location, but those same consumers are shopping and narrowing their choices down online. That jump from online to in-store is where most businesses struggle. Each episode, we will focus on real strategies and examples from industry experts on how to dominate this complex and competitive environment by sharing the latest trends in technology and process. In this special bonus episode of The Bridge Podcast, we tackle the topic of doing video tours in the apartment industry. With several weeks of quarantine under their belts due to COVID-19, property management teams have had to pivot using video and virtual leasing to get more tours. To discuss how the industry has adapted and changed, we hosted a panel discussion with Jenna Miller, Senior Director of Marketing at Bazudo, Margaret Henry, Director of Marketing at CoVideo, and Matt Wyrick, CEO and co-founder of RealLink. We learned how leasing teams are learning to be more creative, throwing out fears, and connecting with rental prospects on a personal level. While there's still a place for those sexy, polished marketing videos, authentic real-time or pre-recorded videos with leasing teams are the new reality and creating the most connection with potential renters. This format is slightly different than other podcasts as our head of events, Lauren Spears, hops in to help us coordinate the panel. Let's jump right in and get started. So hi everyone, Lauren here. Thank you everyone for joining this webinar. Um, I know being an event manager here at Perk, we've had a transition to a lot of virtual meetings and webinars and you guys are probably being bombarded with them. So we wanted to put this on for everyone. We're gonna get a little bit of insight from our industry experts about how to use video in your marketing and how to use video to do tours with your prospective renters. We're gonna go around and do introductions with everyone. And then we're going to go into some 45-minute panel discussions. We'll have some poll questions in there and then wrap it up with Q&A at the end. So the way this uh, particular one's going to be, if you've been to some of the other ones, we're, we're pretty organic-ish here, right? We try to keep it semi-loose. So we're going to be focusing a whole lot on experience and tactics. Um, we'll chat a little bit about specific tools uh, as well, but really it is about high-level as we are pivoting into or are trying to increase our experience in video uh, as it relates to uh, virtual tours. So let's jump into this first one. This is for all of you. I kind of want to go around the whole room on this one, around the question of virtual touring and virtual leasing, right? Because this is a, a very wide gamut of what the answer could be on what it means to you. Something that we've always talked a lot about at Reelink, because we call it Reelink a video leasing, virtual leasing solution for a reason. When a lot of people hear video, they, they kind of lump it up into that marketing bucket. And mm. the old connotation of virtual tours was stitched together environments that sit on the website. And they're, they're great for getting people engaged and highlighting the space and providing a first look to hopefully get that lead to convert into an actual prospect for the property. But 
for for us, the way we always look at and have looked at virtual leasing is that active lead to lease part of the funnel. And what our team's doing to actively connect with that prospective resident, answer their questions, build the relationship, give the sales pitch, show them what they want and need to see at the property to ultimately get them converted into a new resident. And so that's that's really where our focus has been. And obviously there's a lot of flexibility within that virtual leasing realm in a lot of creative ways that teams are using video and technology to to do just that, to connect with prospects and um, showcase the space and get deals done. There's I don't want to dominate the time because this is a, a really fun, big topic about the future <laughs> of leasing and something we've talked about for a long time of tech-enabled leasing teams that are more efficient, more dynamic in connecting with consumers via all these different platforms and, and means. But yeah, that's the that's the gist and the the high level for me on that front. So I think that that definitely you know backs up what we've been hearing very frequently, which is this change necessitated a huge pivot in how we do, do business. So we can go on to Margaret. What, you're, you're, I'd say, semi-related to the industry. And we wanted to have a little bit of diversity, I think, in the panelists here, right? I think many of you probably recognize RealLink, definitely doing a lot specifically in the multifamily space. Margaret's uh, company does uh, works in some other industries as well. So we want to kind of get that outside viewpoint of what video from a virtual leasing or virtual appointment perspective looks like. Yeah. Um, as well. Absolutely. I actually want to piggyback on some of what Matt was saying because he really hit the nail right on the head where I think people uh, who are in the webinar today are probably really familiar with video from more of a marketing perspective. Those very kind of sexy, polished videos that look great. They're awesome on your website and in social media. But we're seeing more of a shift in industries all over in more of that personal video communication, that one-on-one, -on -one, particularly in your guys' world here in, in multifamily because it's such an emotional decision. Buying is always an emotional decision, but particularly for this and when you have that prepackaged video, it's not going to speak to everyone's needs across the board. We want to be uber personalized and specific to those people. So uh, recording a one-off video that maybe is a little bit more raw, a little bit more real, that personal and human connection are what we're seeing a shift towards that people, uh, you know, it's really resonating with them. I think particularly when you take a look at other things going on, you know, you log into your Netflix and they've got all kinds of suggestions for you based on what you've seen in the past and what you've liked on Instagram. Great. I get all these ads up based on mm. that. So people are expecting that level of personalization. So we need to take the info that we have from them, even if it's just their name, to record a quick video and say, Hey, Jenna, thanks so much for reaching out. I understand you're looking for X, Y, and Z. Here's what we have. I think you're going to be excited. But like that level of specificity is, is what people are, are really looking for and different than those marketing style videos. 100%. Definitely a, a huge shift to organic, I think, overall. And I, you know, I know working in, with a lot of kind of video programs over time, going into uh, uh, or launching a new video program usually you start very structured, very scripted. Yeah. There's a lot of like ahead work on 
how do specifically do I get people to know exactly how to do this video, make sure they're all exactly the same. Um, <laughs> and I think one thing that quarantine did for all of us was kind of change how we approach planning and made us a little bit more nimble, right? It was just, nope, we need to do video, go, right? And here's some general guidelines and we're gonna catch up as we go. So let, let's go to, to Jenna, cause I'm kind of curious about as you, I know you did a lot of, you know, some video work before as well. Um, as you really leaned into it, uh, going into a scenario where you were unable to do in person for the most part, what did that what did that look like? What does the idea of video or virtual leasing really mean to you in today's environment versus maybe five six weeks ago? So, and I'm going to echo a little bit of what Margaret and Matt said, um, but we know that our customers are doing a lot of research before they're actually making decision on where they're going to tour. So most likely, they've been to the website. If you have marketing videos on the website, they've seen them. Um, they're probably reading reviews. If they're going stir crazy right now, chances are maybe they've actually done a drive by of the building in the neighborhood just to check it out from the exterior. And so for us, first and foremost, it really becomes an exercise in trust building and relationship building with those customers, which is obviously a bit more challenging when you don't have that face-to-face -face interaction when you're on site. And so looking for creative ways to do that. Um, the content is still really important. The mechanics of it is still really important. That's an important part of the experience. But what are ways that we can again, be really authentic and personalize that. So making sure that we're exploring their options, listening to them, and then using that to really tailor every um, aspect of the tour experience. Are we being responsive, full and patient? You know, this is new for us as well as them. And so, you know, doing all those things in the end for us, I would say success really looks like when they're Xing out of that live virtual tour, at the end of it, they feel really good about if I make a decision to live here, I'm going to feel like I'm being really well taken care of, no worries. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, we talked a little bit before and, and kind of the, the whole idea of that experience, that human experience really came up quite a few times in conversations. Um, and I know many of us who, if we haven't already started uh, some sort of video leasing, we are probably deep into the planning of it. We're not gonna back up and say, okay, what got you here? Because I think we all understand exactly how we got to video leasing, right? What are some of the, uh, the challenges that you saw your team um, struggling with upfront that you were able to solve and what did you do to, to kind of clear the way for them? So I would say in the very beginning, it was a lot of trial and error. So I think in the beginning, and we use online tour scheduling, so a lot of our tours will come through that if we're not converting um, on the phone, which is happening a lot too. But if we try to jump right into that tour without having that initial meeting or conversation, whether it's a, you know, a phone call or a video chat with the customer, it really doesn't go as smoothly. The customer feels really put on the spot, you don't come across as organized and thoughtful in how you're delivering the experience. And so I think that was a little bit of trial and error in the beginning. And our teams have gotten really creative. And what I've learned, and I think what they've all learned, is that there's really no one size fits all mm -hmm. when it comes to virtual touring. Um, and that goes for the properties as well as the customers. You know, they have preferences. Um, some of them might not be comfortable doing it the way that we want to do it. So you need to be And so that was definitely a learning um, I would say connectivity has been a big thing too. You know, we have elevators and hallways and, you know, if you try to just sit in the office and then walk the tour path you normally would, it's not always going to go as planned. And so um, practice has been key um, in testing things out so that you feel comfortable with the route that you're going to go for your virtual tour experience. Agreed. I think that connectivity was a, is, is another one that I would love to um, dig into a little bit. You mentioned, you know, hallways, stairwells, mm -hmm. elevators, all those things just you know, they can to block your Wi-Fi and or LTE signal and make you nice and choppy on that video that you want working really well. 
I'm going to switch over to Margaret really quick here because I think one of the, one of the spaces that they work in is uh, the auto space pretty heavily, I know, where they also have to get pretty far away from that Wi-Fi signal in the main office. Any, any uh, thoughts or tips, like really practical tips you have for managing connectivity when you are doing a live video tour? Well, so our platform is actually gonna be a little bit different because we are all pre-recorded videos. So they're like a video voicemail that someone's gonna make Mm -hmm. that you send out through email or through text message there. So it's not gonna be an on-the-spot recording that you're doing with someone on the other end. You're able to follow up with them afterwards. Um, But for that, what's really nice, I think it's super important, it sounds so small, but to have um, a couple different things. One, the ability to flip your camera, because I always recommend starting with it on your face, actually, because again, that human connection, uh, making ourselves a little bit vulnerable, which is difficult, but Mm -hmm. it does wonders for breaking down some of those barriers and walls that are there. So having that camera flip on there, no matter what tool you're using is going to be important and having a pause button. So you're not dealing with some of those connectivity issues or trying to, to vamp, you know, when you're walking from place to place, either in a building or on the car lot or wherever that is, you're trying to make up that material when you can just push pause and then be in the next room or the other amenities or outside. That is really, really helpful, especially for thinking about the time of that video. So I do a lot of coaching for people on that as well. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Matt? I know you work with a lot of folks and you guys do a lot of upfront training as well with the leasing agents and trying to get them uh, prepared to, you know, to do a good, a good tour. What are some of those key, key things to think about? Or if you have a team that's already kind of jumped in and gotten their feet wet, uh, stuff to look out for as you're coaching them on how to get better. Definitely, definitely practice. And like Jenna mentioned, walk the path test the signal, make sure that your space is prepped in advance. This Teams need to treat this like an in-person tour. They need to have the blinds open, the lights turned on, the toilet seat closed, and they need to know how they're going to walk through that space, especially for a live video tour, because there's no going back. The pre-recorded adds a lot of flexibility, but for sure, mm-hmm. you can take those individual shots. If you don't like one, you can delete it and re-record it and keep going to piece that together. It's much more forgiving on the pre-recorded side, but for live tours in particular, plan it out. And you want that to be a smooth, polished, professional experience for that person. You want it to reflect your community and your team well. Uh, But one of the number one biggest things that we always tell people, slow down when they're walking too fast, panning too fast, if they do anything too fast when it comes to video, it's not gonna look good. It's not gonna buffer if it's a live video on a pre-recorded video, it's not going to focus and it's going to come through choppy even on pre-recorded videos. And so walk slow, pan slow, do everything slow because at the end of the day, people need to see what they're going to be experiencing or trying to experience. And so, Go slow. Some of the key video tips, keep natural light behind you. Um, If you can't avoid your reflection in the mirror, just smile and wave. Like Margaret mentioned, (laughs) turn into it on yourself anyways. (laughs) They're going to meet you eventually, hopefully. And and so just embrace it. Be yourself. Let your personality shine through. And uh, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be complicated to be successful. Jenna, we had a couple of, of mentions here of pre-recorded versus live. Where do you stand on that? Is that a 
either or? Is it a mix of both? What are you, what are you doing? I feel pretty strongly that it's a mix of both. And so um, I think if somebody, if you've narrowed down that a person's interested in one or two units, it's probably a good idea if you can to do a live tour on the unit. And I'm going to, I stole this from one of our internal trainings, but they said it was, I'm the cameraman and you're the director. So that's how they're oh, wow. the customer. And so that way you kind of put them in the driver's seat. Um, so I think that's the benefit of the live tour from the unit, but you know, supplementing that with all of this pre-recorded content in a recap email or even before the tour. So they can become prepared with questions that they want to ask or things that they want to see more of. So I think you need to be doing both. Makes sense. So when, as you're going into that kind of the pre-recorded um, aspect, maybe having some assets that are already available, what do you find you're using the most of the pre-recorded assets? Um, I think the specific, like from actual apartments, the pre-recorded content from actual apartments with the views, that's been a big one. Um, a mm. lot of Chicago, that's a huge, they want to see the lake. Um, and so being able to show the view, the amenity spaces right now has been really important because a lot of our amenity spaces are closed. And so having that content all ready to go to pull it up, um, the pre-recorded video tours that I've been on have also been really cool. And you can personalize them because they're kind of doing a um, voiceover as the video is sure. playing, which is awesome. And so it's still, even if they're not actually in the unit, and this is great if you do have a building where maybe there's connectivity issues um, or you don't have a hotspot on your on your iPad, doing it that way and that they can kind of speak over the video and um, talk, to, talk you through it. As far as types of tools you're using around the pre-recorded, I mean, there's a lot of options out there, right? You could just shoot something and throw it up on YouTube. You have the Matterport tours. You've got tools like CoVideo and RealLink. What kind of mix are you using and what are you seeing from this helping you really be nimble today? we're using a combination of all of the above. Um, budgets vary at our communities. And so um, Reallink, Zoom, Matterport, um, Panoscan. So these are all tools. And I think when used well together, um, really do create a really nice experience for the customer. A lot of different perspectives. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hearing this idea of like, it's not a one size fits all. It's to figure mm-hmm. out what works there on site and, and stay nimble along the way. Make sure you have your your finger on the pulse of how things are going with that team and make sure they've got what they need. Yeah. That makes a, that makes a definitely a lot of, a lot of sense to me. If we back up a little bit, I think uh, both Matt and, and, and Margaret, you guys are, I think Jenna, you see across Bazudo, right? Which you have plenty of properties kind of see what's working there for someone like a Matt or Margaret, you're going to see multiple organizations and how they're using video overall. I think we learn just as much from what's working as we do from what's not working. What are some things that the two of you are seeing that folks are doing that if we just went ahead and eliminated that or reprioritize our resources, it would actually work out really well for all of us? And I'll let either one of you start on that. One thing that I find people do is when we have ended ended the transaction, right? The signed lease, all that sort of thing. Uh, the tendency is to think that that interaction, that we're done and move on to the next one. I would say that there is still opportunity for you to engage in a very meaningful way, like sending thank you videos to follow up with someone. So, so important. Hey, thanks for trusting me. I've really loved working with you. The kind of insider key for us here is to use that as another opportunity for things like asking for reviews 
or letting them know about any kind of referral incentive program that you have going on? Because it's that time now, like, right, where we've taken them to the, to the back of the wheel, where we're ready to talk about new leads. And if we can warm right. up the leads through those existing leads, even better. So don't ignore that at the, at the end, so to speak, and know that there's still opportunity there. Yeah, that's a really good point, Margaret. Uh, I would definitely say uh, we have seen people just lean and rely on the pre-recorded videos and they just send it and expect it to do the work for them. You still mm-hmm. need to be an agent. You still need to follow up. You still need to nurture that relationship, build the relationship, answer their questions. Because I think it was Jenna mentioned this earlier, what works right now is instilling trust and transparency into the process. And it takes that human dynamic to do that. I, I would say the other thing that I would probably throw in there as something to not necessarily stop doing, but something something with real link. We've got unique link tracking that if I sent all 115 people on this webinar three real link videos, I would actually get notifications in real time telling me which person is watching what video, when, how many times. And if people are just Yes, you can record a video on your phone, upload it to Dropbox and share the link to it. But having that insight into the actual relationship, interactions, the activities to cater your follow-up and have the insight to know how someone is or isn't engaging with your content is actually a really important step in the process that gives leasing teams a lot of information to cater their message and be more effective at what they're doing and more efficient at what they're doing. And so I would definitely, I would say to just challenge people to go deeper on their video and be more strategic about how they're doing things. Let's double down on that one for sure. Um, Because I'm hearing a couple of things. I'm seeing some stuff in the chat around different types of uh, videos. Lauren, if you can do, I have one more, uh, another polling question, the kind of in line with what we were talking about around tools. I'm curious about the room overall, right? And what types of tours you are currently offering. This is a multi-choice, so you can select multiples, uh, multiple options here, right? Whether that be live, like FaceTime, Skype, pre-recorded, self-guided, in-person, uh, maybe with that, that sort of thing. Hit as many as you, as you like there. We'll come back to the results there in a second. But I wanna go back with the group here and chat more about specific types of videos and how you're incorporating them. Uh, I've heard uh, follow-up. I think that was a really, really, really good point from a fo- couple of folks. Uh, the idea of doing the live walkthrough is, uh, I think, a no-brainer. I think we all immediately went to that or of having pre-recorded for things like amenities or maybe specific show units, etc. But there's also the option of using it maybe earlier in the marketing process, even though attract residents or how to use it in the follow-up uh, areas as well. If we look at the spectrum of kind of that conversion funnel, Jenna, where are you starting video in that funnel and where does it, uh, what does that look like from layer to layer? I think as soon as somebody has, I mean, we have marketing videos, most of our communities do. And so very top, top of funnel, um, we're using the marketing style videos. But as soon as somebody has shown interest, our properties are really um, starting to engage with those kind of more personalized videos. And sure. I'd say, you know, just to echo what we were talking about before, I, we shouldn't be limiting ourselves to just product video. And so 100%. I like the thank you video, but also we have teams that are doing 
Um, like meet our team videos, which again, when you're building trust, that's super important. Who are the people that work at, in my management office that are going to essentially be taking care of me when I move in? So meet the team. And then even as you get into, and I know that this is a little bit outside of virtual touring, but as you get into the resident experience now, you know, we've been using Reelink, for example, for maintenance tips and how to change your light bulb. And, you know, there's so many uses for it. And I think I personally just really like how authentic the videos are right now, just because we have to, to survive and to be quick right. saying. And so I think the authenticity is really going a long way. I agree. It's, it's funny how a scenario like this has forced us actually to start being more authentic than when we were in our, than when we were in our heads thinking about it too much, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that fast hit really made it more human, more engaging, more real right? Which I think is going to work out really well. I'm excited to see what this looks like long-term after we do have the ability to start speaking in person as well and how much of this really great behavior continues. So let's see results on this for which we're, what we're doing. Vast majority are doing pre-recorded video tours for sure. I think that's probably one of those that many of us maybe had assets for before we even went into this because we were probably using it for, you know, marketing purposes, whether that be email, uh, et cetera. Um, we've got falling behind that 83% that are doing live video tours with things like FaceTime, Skype, uh, et cetera. 46% are using self-guided tours. That's when we've had a lot of conversation, uh, you know, uh, around, because um, there are definitely some challenges to making sure you can enable that for a particular resident. Uh, and then we actually have 22% that are, that are still doing kind of in-person tours as well there. Follow-up question on kind of the different types Right, because I think Margaret and Matt, both of you kind of covered that pretty well on uh, different options for how you could use the videos or different types you could create. And one of the questions we have out there is around resources. Uh, so checklists uh, available with a lot of the tips that we've got, right? Whether it's the slowing down, pre-walk, scheduling the tour and not doing impromptu, camera flips and pauses, all those types of things. Do any of you have resources? Because one of the things that we're actually going to do from the topics that came up in the conversation, as well as any resources you guys have afterwards, we're to compile those into an article um, and probably have that ready either, I think tomorrow or Monday to send out to everyone as well. So resources you have that you can guide people to now before we go forward, or even if that's a, you know, an online thing that, uh, that, that you found helpful yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, we um, um, have a lot of our our videos, as you might imagine, we've got it mostly in video format. So um, (laughs) imagine that (laughs) like to practice what we preach. So um, of course, you can find us on our on our website, um, on our YouTube page, we upload a lot of videos there. We're always working on, you know, tips and best practices and top videos you should be making and all that. So you're going to see some from lots of different industries. But I think um, a lot of those tips and best practices are going to be consistent across the board. So definitely take a look at that, but I'll do my best to, to pick those out and then we'll compile with all the other uh, other pros on here. And then I think that'll be a, a great takeaway for everybody. When we That'd be that. awesome. That'd be awesome. If you could send the, what you've got over uh, to myself or to Lauren, we'll make sure we get that in there. And then I know, Matt, you've got some good resources with some very specific tips for leasing agents. Absolutely. Yeah, we're all about it. We mandate upfront training for every team that we will allow to. And our client success team has put together quite the resource center. And very specific uh, trainings as well. We've got live tour checklists, pre-tour, during tour, post-tour. We've got the pre-recorded video checklist. We've got diagrams that show where to position yourself in the unit for the best shot to stand and pan Mm. and 
we, we really go deep. I mean, we've got resources, 101 ways to use Reallink, where we're looking at all the great things Bazudo is doing and other clients and just all the, all the users on Reallink, what are some of the unbelievably creative ways that they're finding success with video, both live and recorded. And so we've got all those resources on our website as well, but absolutely we'll uh, coordinate, get you guys all the tips and tricks and it's fun. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of one-on-one basic stuff and then you can get pretty, pretty serious about your video efforts for sure. Yes, you can. It's funny how, how fast that can escalate once you really get into it. <laughs> I want to come back to you, Jenna, uh, just uh, and kind of start talking numbers a little bit around ROI, right? Not specifics, but just in general, you know, a lot of us had programs already that we were running to drive results, drive, you know, appointments, drive actual leases and that sort of thing. And many of those efforts that we were using previously as we switched to video as our, for so many of us, primary means, are you seeing the same sort of ROI on let's say a video live tour or pre-recorded tour versus uh, before when you're able to have someone right in front of you and kind of have that personal touch? I mean, it's working. Um, so I would say like most management companies, we did see a big dip and things just kind of like stopped for a couple of weeks when all of this started happening back in mid-March, but over the past couple of weeks, and I think as our teams have gotten really comfortable with um, video and virtual touring. We've started to see tours and leases increase. Um, and over the past couple of weeks, we've been back up to the same lease levels that we were right before all everything started happening with COVID-19. You know, I've been super impressed. Our teams, we've, over the past 30 days, we have teams who've gotten anywhere from 10 upwards of 30 net leases. And so short answer, yeah, it's been um, super successful. That's awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push a little bit further in the um, the area of multiple multiple options. I just remembered, Matt. There was a actually a conversation I was having in another another uh, vertical earlier this week or last week around uh, video, but for like existing customers or in your case, existing residents. We talked a lot about how do you attract someone to come in and and actually live at that property. But are you using video for existing residents and communication with them? What's that look like? Uh, and then I'm going to skip after after that after you, Jenna. I know you had a specific example of kind of an event format uh, map that I wanted to explore and unpack a yeah. little bit. So yeah, we're doing we're doing a lot of virtual events right now. Um, so a lot of like video chat, face to face trivia nights, and things like that. Like I mentioned earlier, the maintenance tip maintenance tips have been awesome because we're having to limit you know how much we're going in and out of the specific units of our residents, and so. Mm. They've had the teams have had a lot of fun with doing those, um, and I think the maintenance team members have really loved kind of getting involved with the video aspect of things. And so that's been great uh, using all for all kinds of things. I think the events is the biggest is trying to keep our residents really engaged and not feel like they're isolated or alone. And right. that's big for us is creating that sense of community, and that's where video is huge. And so we've had like Pictionary nights with our residents where they're staying up till till. 10 p.m. and everybody's on video camera doing that. And it's been really important, I think, now when people are, you know, tendencies to start to feel alone when you're stuck in an apartment by yourself. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't even think about the idea of getting maintenance kind of involved in, in, in video as well. That's that's brilliant. Matt, you had a virtual Easter egg hunt format. <laughs> Let's chat about that. How did that work? How did you execute on that? One of the one of the cool things about the Reallink platform is you can actually create a QR code to share mm -hmm. a video, and something a lot of people don't realize 
every smartphone and tablet nowadays has a built-in QR code scanner. You just open the camera, hold it up, and it'll scan it. And you can open that link, play the video. And so for this virtual Easter egg hunt, it was basically a, a video scavenger hunt where you would scan the QR code. It would give you a clue to go find uh, another QR code, scan that, go find the next oh. one, and it would just lead you through the house to end up at the end goal. And it was all video based and it was really helped driving that fun adoption of creative ways to use video and using it to humanize something, to have fun, to bring people together. That's awesome. What are some other kind of more creative virtual event ideas you've, you've seen out there? I, I, a lot of the stuff, uh, Jenna, you, you mentioned about like the Pictionary Nights and things like that. That sounds very similar to a lot of the things I'm even seeing my friends doing just socially in the evenings, right? With game nights, that sort of thing, trying yeah. to figure out how to use Zoom to make that work. Totally makes sense to pull that in organically for a kind of a community event as well. But Matt, Margaret, what other types of things have you been seeing out there? And it could be either something you've seen uh, at a particular property or something you're seeing in your own personal life from a video perspective that you think maybe could be reused. Mm -hmm. We'll go to you, Margaret. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of the same ones that you guys are in terms of like, you know, our virtual happy hours, our trivia nights, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, what I'm loving about it, though, that is making me feel like, oh, yes, finally, is it breaks down the seriousness that which everyone feels like they have to be so buttoned up and so personal. And, and before now... I can't tell you what a struggle it was for me sometimes coaching people because they would be like, well, I want the perfect background and the perfect lighting mm. and I have to memorize my script. And I'm like, no, 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 no. First of all, take that script. The best thing you can do with it is tear it up and throw it in the trash. Don't use it. Don't worry about what's behind you. So what I'm loving and taking from it is how informal people can be now and just kind of be real. And that's what is, is so important. So no matter where people are using video, whether it's for Easter egg hunt or, you know, having beers with friends, I think it's doing wonders for that. And actually we're seeing that the data on our side, our users have seen a more than 40% increase engagement in their videos mm. just in social distancing. And it's because we're starting to see that tipping point where this is a new accepted norm and people feel very comfortable with it. Now we're starting to feel yes. more comfortable with it. So um, that behooves all of us, honestly, because it's always been a tool in our back pocket to use. But, you know, this whole situation has kind of forced our hand a little bit more. What I think is positive from that is it's getting people out of their comfort zone, learning something new. And it's a tool that you can take post-pandemic time, right? This is not something that is just unique to this scenario. Learn it, take what you can from it, and keep running with it. Don't think that after social distancing is done, it's like, okay, I don't need video anymore. That's going to continue on afterwards. That is so very true. So very true. I think there's a, a lot we're learning during this, you know, the, during this pause that we can continue to expand on after the fact as well. So we got a, a question on conversion. I think this is a good one for you, uh, Jenna. So you talked a little bit about ROI. With the different methods of virtual touring, what have you found to be the highest converting methods, method and or methods? I think the face-to-face -face live from the apartment that they could possibly be deciding to, to lease is key. Giving them that opportunity to ask questions in real time. And then at the end of that, really explaining how the application process is going to work because that's all online now 
too, of being very thorough. Um, and so having that live face-to-face -face interaction, but then also following that up very quickly with a recap email with everything you discussed, any kind of personalization that you can add into it. I think that email is important so they can refer back to it. Customers almost always have a question that they've forgotten to ask during that live chat. And so right. um, encouraging that back and forth. And if you don't hear from them, just give them a call. You need to call them and, or if you can video chat them. That makes a lot, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to skip this one over to, to, to you, Matt, first. And I'm interested in hearing the rest of your opinions on this as well. ADA compliance, right? And how do, you, how do we foresee that impacting virtual touring? I think a lot of what we had to do uh, for virtual touring kind of just went right into it and figured out we'll, we'll figure out how to like catch up later. Um, but I know you had some specific tips on just compliance in general that you'd share with me before, Matt. Can you dig into some of those? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a couple sides to that compliance conversation. You've got the fair housing compliance, and that's looking at equal housing ADA logo and disclaimer, consistency across all experiences, recordings of live tours for an audit trail. There's a lot that goes into the fair housing side of it. Uh, but the number one thing is consistency across all experiences. Uh, you don't want one tour to have and show one thing and one tour not. That's where issues can arise. But from the that end, was particularly like in relation to just like showing the appropriate things in the background. You mentioned about having signage up, that sort of thing, the kind of walk by or or not. Exactly. Yep. It's actually better to consistently not have that signage or consistently have the disclaimer in it and not intermingle it and some do and some don't. So that consistency across the experiences is definitely one of the most important factors there. Is that something you have to figure out how to get into the video itself or can you do that in the kind of in the background or as you're walking through making sure you're showing things? What, what does that look like? So yeah, with your experiences, no matter what you're doing, you can figure it out. You can add it as a caption, as a subset photo, whatever that looks like for you. Just add that disclaimer and uh, fair housing logo. Uh, for Relink, both live and pre-recorded experiences, we show it uh, throughout the experience non-negotiably. So it's automatically mm. added in there. We have it as that built-in compliance factor for sure. Uh, for, for ADA though, that's a whole different conversation because that's accessibility for from the ADA standpoint then we're talking overlaying text for hearing impaired or having uh, different uh, so many different options when it comes to actually being able to digest that information and communicate and receive uh, the the tours uh, i mean even when it comes down to uh, the accessibility of that tour the uh, having it transcoded into every sort of bitrate playback type so it works on all the different browsers all the different devices i mean there's a lot that goes into the ada side of it um the the captioning is one of the biggest conversations on the ada mm. side of it and so the ability to add voiceovers the ability to have captions the ability to really set these videos up for any audience to receive the message is really important and a key consideration. Great, great, great. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Any last thoughts from anyone? We're kind of, I'm going to go round robin here. Um, things maybe I didn't touch on, things you'd love to share, advice you'd have for the crowd there, and then we'll uh, 
we'll uh, go back to Lauren and she'll give some some follow-up things. Uh, we'll start with uh, with Margaret. I think I, I covered one of the big things I really wanted to is just knowing that this is uh, not just blip on the radar, um, even though it probably feels really uncomfortable and you've been had your hand forced into doing video. Uh, I commend you for being flexible, first and foremost, um, but continue on doing that even after our situation changes soon. <laughs> and uh, and the biggest thing I can tell you is to is to just do it. You and your team and your people are are usually one of your greatest assets and biggest differentiators. So the idea of stopping, you know, hiding behind email and saying, "Hey, these are our um, what this is what makes our team so strong," and so putting that on the forefront is really really important. So don't worry about things being perfect or just right. Um, it's all about being real, being authentic, being human, and and that connection is going to get you a long way. Last thoughts from you, Jenna. I would say regardless of what tools you have or resources you have, I would challenge everybody to think about how you can make the experience for your individual community really memorable and different and unique. I think that that's key right now before all of this, you know, just having a virtual tour would have been unique enough. And now the fact that we're Mm. all, it, you know, how can yours be different? Is that some kind of virtual surprise and delight during the real, the live portion of the, tour that you can bring along with you up into the apartment. So to really think about that and try to come up with something that, you know, as a customer sitting at their computer all day and they have five virtual tours scheduled, what's going to make yours stand out? Awesome. Thank you. And Matt, I guess you get the last word here before we go back to Lauren. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I love it. Appreciate it. I'll, I'll relish that seat. So <laughs> I'd say for me, I echo everything Jenna and Margaret said, be real, have fun with it and just do it. It's, it's working. It doesn't have to be complicated, fancy or anything, but I would say have a strategy. Think critically about what you want your virtual leasing strategy to be, what your MO is, how it conveys your brand, your personality, your team, your space, and think beyond just the videos and the assets itself. How do you get this integrated top of funnel into your website, into something like the Perk Hub to really creatively get people to convert right into these experiences? And then how do you integrate it into your backend, into Yardi and Jada, mm-hmm. One Home Knock, whatever, whatever your backend system is, how do you track it? How do you prove the effectiveness, the ROI? So definitely think through the full spec, the full scope, have that enterprise level strategy, formulating, but be flexible. It's changing every single day right now. And everyone is learning. Everyone's figuring out new best practices and new things that work. And that's, that's going to continue to evolve. So there's a lot that can go into it, but keep it simple, have fun and it'll work. Love it. Thank you very much. Thanks to all all three of you. Really appreciate you spending time with us today and uh, out of your very busy schedules. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Bridge. If you liked what you heard, be sure to jump into the conversation online by following The Bridge Pod hashtag on LinkedIn. And as always, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks and stay well.